All right, Mickey here with an advert for BetterHelp Therapy Online. You all right? Such a small question and sometimes such a big question too, eh? Now, regular listeners will know I am no stranger to depression and while over time and with the help of some decent counselling and brilliant friends and family, I've established a toolkit to help when the constantly dripping tap of life gets a bit too much. That does not mean I am a stress-free human rainbow skipping through meadows. I mean, who is? We all carry around different stresses, big and small, and sometimes we can deal, and sometimes it's much harder to cope. Life, innit? Right now, I have a teenage puppy to deal with, and although I love her very, very much, she can be a lot. There, said it. And as quick a fix as it seems to say, I'm fine, I'm fine, and push it all down into the big inside box and put that lid on. For me, that hasn't been a great long-term solution in that if I don't get it off my chest, it will at some point come bubbling up and it's never been one to pick its moments in a good way. I find talking means I can avoid it exploding out of me like a messy emotional volcano all over my nana's carpet. Also, during my various times in talk therapy, I discovered that saying something out loud or writing it down can make it seem much more manageable than allowing it to swirl around and grow ever bigger in my head. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. I've found knowing how to reach out is sometimes the toughest bit, but BetterHelp is entirely online. Boom. Which means it couldn't be easier. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist, then work your sessions around your schedule. With more than a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Standard issue listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash standard. That's betterhelp.com slash standard. Standard issue for all women. Hello, Hannah here and welcome to this week's Sunday Chops or, as I should say, one of two Sunday chops that we're putting out this week. Do you remember Sunday? Do you remember when that was actually a different day to the rest of the week? Yeah, seems like an age ago, doesn't it? Anyway, we're still here producing content, so that's one thing that we can do to help you. So, let's talk about Jen's chops first, which you should absolutely tuck into when you finish listening to this. She's chatting to leadership advisor Neve O'Keefe about her new book, Future Shaper, How Leaders Can Take Charge in an Uncertain World. Wowzers, that's a timely book. And talking of timely, in this Chops, I speak to the Royal Society of Chemistry about a new support line that they have launched to help people working in the chemical sciences deal with harassment and bullying in the workplace. I spoke to the CEO, Dr Helen Payne, and to Laura Norton, Senior Programme Manager for Inclusion and Diversity, about why, though it might seem that there are other bigger issues going on in the world, there's never been a more important time to be caring for your staff. So that's coming up now. I just want to do a quick plug for what's coming up in next week's podcast because that will also be a blinder, if I say so myself. There'll be the usual Bush Telegraph sexism of the week and sport, of course. We'll be watching The Core in Dunleavy Does Disaster if you want to get involved. Mixed chatting to Charlotte Amelia Poe, who's written a book about autism. 
I've been on the phone with Rachel Paris to talk about coronavirus, which we are almost certain that she has had and recovered from. So she's going to be talking us through what that experience was like, as well as the current mood of the arts community, because it's been a bleak couple of weeks for them. But you know, Rachel, she was very funny at the same time. And she had some exciting news about the MASH report. And also we're talking to Hilary Henrique from the charity NACOA, uh, the National Association for the Children of Alcoholics, about what they're doing to make sure that children affected by their parents' drinking will continue to be helped during this really testing time for them and for their families. So that's all coming up. So remember, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. If you're sitting at home by yourself and you want someone to talk to, get in touch with us. Until next week. Hi, I am joined by the magic of Zoom, which I've just learned to use, by Dr. Helen Payne, who is the CEO of the Royal Society of Chemistry. Hi. And Laura Norton, Senior Programme Manager at the Royal Society of Chemistry. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Hannah. It's a pleasure. You are both at home, I can see, because we are on a video call. (laughs) Probably best to start with how are you both, just because this is the world we live in now. Changing times, totally. So, yeah, so we're all at home. We've we've just relocated 550 staff from our offices in Cambridge, in London, um, and some international offices. We're all now based from our living rooms, our bedrooms, and any other space that people can find in their houses. So, yeah, pretty mammoth uh, kind of piece of work that we've had to do, but along with the rest of the country, along with the rest of the world. So I yeah. think we're doing good. I've been looked after by Helen and the rest of the team at the Royal Society of Chemistry, even, even remotely. Yeah. Is there something in, in the nature of people who work in science that makes them perhaps um, immune to some of the worries that the rest of us have? Do you know, I'd say in some cases, yes, but in some cases, maybe it makes because we are so curious and we want answers and we look at stats and we kind of want to know how everything works and what's going to happen in the future. I think in some cases we can be reassured because, you know, we've got um, contacts and networks that we can talk to and that helps. In other cases, we know too much. And I think that can sometimes bring on, you know, some anxiety in people. And, uh, you know, because we, we know how these things kind of work. But I think probably as a community, we're quite hopeful and um i think we we want to keep looking for answers and that's going to be really important over the next few weeks what i wanted to talk to you was about your recently launched bullying and harassment support line and although it might seem that in the scheme of things that maybe we have bigger fish to fry but in a lot of ways i suppose supporting people in the workplace has never been more important absolutely i think to be fair, I think now, if, if any point in our kind of working lives that we were going to need support, it's absolutely now because people are going to have time to think, time to reflect, people trying to work differently, trying to do things differently. So whether it's, you know, these next few weeks and months or whether it's, you know, in a year or two years time, support lines and, you know, working and just kind of looking at how we all kind of work together to get real positive outcomes from our working experience is going to be going to be so essential. I'm hoping we're going to learn a lot actually over the next few weeks. I'm hoping that becomes a positive outcome of, of what we're currently going through. Can we talk about the port line? That launched earlier this year. Can you, can you tell me what the thinking behind that was? Um, yeah, so the bullying and harassment support line, it was one of the outcomes of the work that we did back in 2018, which was the 
the Breaking the Barriers report that we launched. Yes, we, we had you on the podcast to talk about that. Yeah. Not, not you specifically, but some of your scientists. Absolutely. And Breaking the Barriers was a really important um, piece of work for us. It was a real kind of watershed moment because we were setting out to kind of really explore why there were barriers to the progression of women in academia. So if you think about the number of uh, undergraduate students in the chemical sciences, you know, around about kind of 44%, sometimes up to even 50%. And yet the numbers who actually reach or stay on um, into academic life and certainly reaching professorial level is about 9%. And we really wanted to understand why that was and what was the impact, what was happening So in doing the Breaking the Barriers and really looking for some of those answers, what came out of it was something that we hadn't actually gone looking for. And that was through all the anecdotal feedback that we had that gave us a real clear indication that bullying and harassment in the workplace, as as far as kind of chemical science is concerned, was, was a real issue and we wanted to make sure there was something there to support um, those individuals who were experiencing it or, or witnessing it. We know that bullying and harassment in the workplace is not unique to chemical sciences by any stretch, but there was definitely something there that as you know, the professional body for the chemical sciences, we felt we really needed to do something for our community to offer help uh, and, and support to them. So that was one of our commitments from the, the output of that report, along with our grants for carers scheme. And we launched the support line, a soft launch last December. And now we really want to kind of make sure that the awareness is out there so that more people can be supported, especially in these next few weeks and months where we feel that support lines are going to really come into their own. And now is, is a really good time to raise that awareness. Can I ask what sort of uptake you've had on this? What sort of response you've had? I think, Laura, you can you can absolutely cover that piece. Yeah, um, so it was, used, well, maybe sadly, it was used on the first day that we launched it, and that was without um, much of a communications marketing campaign. We did a soft launch, um, kind of an initial testing period, and it was used on the first day and has been used consistently since then. All the calls have been relevant. We expect that with podcasts like yours and with an increased communications and marketing campaign, we will probably see an increase in use as well. Can you give me an example? I know you won't be able to speak about specific cases, but can you give me an example of the sort of call that you're getting? We're hearing issues around racial harassment, gender-related bullying and harassment and employment issues associated with those. Stories of victimisation as well, sadly. A lot lot of very serious issues, very sensitive issues um, going, going on. Were you surprised by the volume or the sort of issues that you were looking at? Sadly not. Um, From our research in the Breaking the Barriers campaign, we saw that there really was a lot of evidence of bullying harassment occurring within within the sector and um, also more widely. Others have also put out more recent reports as well, such as the Wellcome Trust that have shown that 61% of the research community have witnessed bullying and harassment and 43% have experienced it. And that increases for women and also increases again for people with a disability. So sadly not, but I think it would be great if we could get to a position where our support line wasn't actually needed. Um, Yeah. I think that's the point, isn't it, Laura, that, um, you know, nobody wants to have to need to have a support line and our support line can only really um, 
you know, treat the symptoms of, of the harassment and bullying that, 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 that is happening. And we really want to also, in parallel, work on what the cause of that bullying and harassment is and, and really help support people in addressing it, whether it's people who are, you know, themselves kind of the victims of it, but actually also getting through to the people who are doing it because yeah. you know, we want to make sure that they're not doing it. And, you know, that is a cultural change. Um, and that's going to be a really big cultural change. And I'm very conscious that, you know, 25, 30 years ago when I was post-PhD um, student in the lab, you know, I probably witnessed some of this behaviour, some of the culture. It was, for me, probably normalised because I thought that's what happened in, in, in those environments. And, you know, all these years later, when I still hear it and, you know, the feedback is it still happens, I realise that something's got to change. And I think, you know, this is about raising awareness. It's about bringing it to people's attention and hopefully in both helping and supporting the people who are experiencing it, but also bringing it to the attention of the wider community, maybe this is a way that we can really kind of get through to people and change it and do things that, you know, change some of the way that we work within in research as well. And I think, as Laura says, you know, the, the welcome work that was done was, you know, fantastic to kind of really draw a light on that. It's twofold. We want to support individuals, but also provide a longer term outlook on what those systemic issues that have allowed bullying and harassment and misconduct to become part of the culture of science. Now I noticed that what you're doing is this line isn't just for people who are being bullied. It's if anybody is witnesses any bullying. And I have to say, my very first job in an office, so I would have been 2021, 20, I worked for a magazine, and one of my bosses was a dreadful bully, not to me, but to another colleague of mine. And that it was horrible for her, obviously, but it's actually really unpleasant to watch because it does, it can affect the, the sort of the whole working environment for absolutely everybody, can't it? Oh, absolutely. If you've, yeah, if you witness it, it's, um, yeah, I mean, sometimes that can be almost as bad as if you were experiencing it yourself, because you can see the impact it has on your your colleagues and those around you. But I think one of the things it's it's really important for people to really understand what bullying and harassment is. Um, we've got a very good online kind of little video that really kind of puts it out there in terms of what's the difference between bullying and harassment, but also what to do if you are that active bystander. You know, what do you do if you see it? How do you know if that's what's actually happening? And then I guess the other part is that, you know, some people are being accused of, uh, you know, being in that certainly kind of, of, of the harassment piece. And we want them to be aware of what to do as well, um, because for some cases that they, you know, they're not aware of what they've done. And it's important that they are made aware of that. So it's all about raising awareness. Yeah, you do sometimes get situations in offices where you'll get two people who just don't work well together and in fact both of them will believe that they're being bullied by the other person so I suppose if you can help people not rub up against each other in that situation quite so bad rub up against each other is probably a bad way to say that considering we're talking about harassment (laughs) I think um, that would be unwanted behavior absolutely (laughs) definitely but yeah sometimes it's difficult to know what's the difference between a clash of personalities and something that is actively driven by something there's something underpinning it that's more unpleasant than that yeah one of the messages within our video um is that people often accused of such behavior are not always aware that they've even caused offense but that a key understanding is it's not whether the conduct was intended 
but actually whether it's unwanted on the part of the recipient. So can I ask, what, how does their helpline actually function? I, I'm, I'm assuming it's entirely anonymous. How would somebody who was working now go about contacting you? Our support line is open Monday to Friday from 8am until 8pm. There's a UK free phone number of 0800 515 and also an international number. And all that information are on our web pages at rsc.li forward slash support. At the end of the phone, there'll be a listening ear, somebody there to um, listen to your experience, um, what maybe what you've been suffering and how you feel, and to hopefully signpost you to resources that may help. And some of those resources are um, some of our own Royal Society of Chemistry resources. So we have a chemist community fund and they're there to help support our members. Again, with listening support, counselling support, um, financial assistance. But we also have a careers team and a membership team who can give fantastic advice and guidance. And many networks, scientific networks and also local networks that can um, help to helps to support people who may be experiencing issues around bullying harassment within their workplace but they'll also signpost to external organizations in extreme issues it could be to an organization like the Samaritans or to an organization like ACAST that could help support with employment issues or for legal advice but primarily hopefully to listen to the individual and then signpost them to where is appropriate them to gain further help is this as first for your industry is that do you know if there's an equivalent it is yeah we believe that this is certainly the first for the chemical sciences industry i think there are some similar support lines available for different sectors but this is certainly the first for the chemical sciences and we're actually helping to support some other sectors in setting up similar support lines or helplines and talking about our experiences and yeah, we'd really like to share our experience with this support line with other organisations and sectors. Yeah, it's important. Because it's everywhere, isn't it? It is. I mean, you do seem to have uncovered a, a problem within sort of the scientific community. But yeah, I think it, it exists absolutely everywhere. And like I say, now when people are in a, a situation, regardless of where they work, you know, either that they're making a big fuss over nothing when there are bigger fish to fry in the world or, you know, that that now would be the time. Don't be awkward because, you know, how secure is anyone's job at the minute? Yeah. That really is vital that people, yeah. people seek some help. Yeah, and I think people can really struggle to um to talk about this with colleagues for there's a fear of speaking up, a fear of reprisals or victimization, like you say, a fear that um Maybe it's not really an issue and you're seeing something that isn't truly there. Mm. Our our marketing campaign that um, will be attached to this support line is actually called Struggling to Talk for that exact reason. That um, For some people, this will be the first opportunity they've had for somebody to listen to their experience. Would you be happy to offer some sort of tips on how to deal with bullying to people just in general? who are listening to this i guess the tip i'd give is to actually use our support line um because the people who will deal with the calls will be will be trained to help and and support and and i said to do that signposting piece that that laura spoke about um 
I do, I tell you what would be, is really important is the piece around unactive bystanders. I think it's about people, you know, if you do witness it or you do, and you see it happening, then, you know, you raise the awareness and actually let's talk amongst each other about what good role models look like. Um, I think we've, we've put in some of our kind of pieces online that, you know, a good role model isn't not just a good scientist, but also good people. You know, what would you expect from, you know, person living next door to you or you know a member of your family and how they behave and of course that's what you want from the workplace as well and I suspect you know at this particular point in time you know we're all going to be interacting with people so differently and, and maybe this is the time to really think about that role model behavior. Oh absolutely I mean if we could all treat our neighbours the way that we've treated our neighbours in the last week that would be, Wouldn't it be amazing, amazing if we went forward into absolutely. the future like that. Yeah. Now, people don't actually have to call, do they? They can contact via email if that is more um, helpful to them. Yeah, that's correct. You can contact by email and there would be an option there um, for you to leave a phone number or for you to request a call back or to use both. For some people, it may be that um, sending an email is the most appropriate first line of contact for them, but following that and a bit of um, reassurance that, this is the support line for you or this is the next step for you. It might be that um, a conversation with um, one of our specialist trained call handlers would be the next step. So if yeah, if a, if a call isn't easy and that isn't the first thing you'd like to do, you can certainly email as well. This has been absolutely brilliant. Is there anything that I haven't covered that you would like to, any point that I haven't asked you that you would like to sort of verify or drive home before <laughs> before I leave you um I would just like to, to say that the chemical sciences is a really fantastic kind of career path for individuals and I'd encourage any student or any um anybody studying sciences at school or even people who are you know currently just thinking about what that next career step might be chemical sciences is really strong it is a great community obviously in this day and age you know science is really going to come into its own and we, we need more talented scientists uh, working at you know on all the global challenges so whilst yes we have you know identified the need for you know addressing some cultural issues and you know there are, is evidence bullying harassment it, that's true across all sectors um, mm. we like to think that you know we are helping to change that you know it, to, to some degree and actually offering that support but chemical sciences is a fantastic career opportunity so Absolutely. You know, we want people, we want that next generation of chemical sciences to come through and keep it strong. Yeah. yeah. Well, you certainly seem to be supporting women from what I know of you. I, I wish everybody, all <laughs> organisations were as supportive as women as you seem to be trying to be. Absolutely. Um, we do a lot to support, you know, the, the community in, in terms of kind of gender diversity, as well as all, all other forms of diversity as well. And uh, I think a strong, inclusive, diverse chemical science community is absolutely what's needed and in fact you know not just in the UK but also globally chemical sciences is not restricted by boundaries um, geographical or any other boundaries and that's what we really want to kind of ensure people are aware of. Yeah I think to echo what Helen has said that the chemical sciences really is a great a great place to be and a great place to work and we have we have uncovered these issues, but we want to do something about them. We don't just want to uncover the problem, but we want to help be part of the solution as well. There are some specific issues within science or within academia that maybe make it extra tricky to tackle. 
but we're all talking about those. We're working with our partners and with other organisations, um, and we really want to ensure that all talented chemists and scientists can fulfil their potential and be happy within the workplace. Thank you so much for your time and for teaching me some new technology. <laughs> this is why I should talk to scientists. Uh, um, and good luck with the project and with the rest of, of Lockdown UK. Yeah. You too. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Hannah. Hannah. Standard Issue for All Women.